Thank you for listening to Yes Another Podcast on the Real Fun DC app. And as always, you can email us at yesanotherpodcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on social media, on Twitter at Yes Another Pod, and on IG, Yes Another Podcast. Well, Darius, we're getting very close to episode 100. We are. It's almost that time. I, I'm trying to remember what episode number was my first episode, but it had to be somewhere in the in the 30s, maybe. Yeah, it's yeah, it, it was a. So I joined kind of late. You used to do the rotating, the <laughs> rotating host for a while. Once uh, yeah. your boy, your boy Marlon left you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, uh, aka shout out to my man M, which I, I I was in contact with him recently, um, especially during the pandemic. So uh, you never know, he might he might just pop up on a on an episode. You never know. You, you never know. You know, not teasing anything, just putting it out there. But yeah, man, we're very close to um, episode one hundred, which. I didn't think I'll get past episode 10. I'll like, if I get to 10 episodes of a podcast, I'll be like, all right, I've, I've succeeded, but you know, we're very close to um, episode 100. And so just stay tuned. There's what's been going on with you. Ooh, not much, man. I, I, I'm <laughs> Thursdays are always crazy for me. We're recording this on a Thursday, spoiler alert. <laughs> uh, Thursday is always crazy for me because uh, I'm highly into the, the new Marvel Disney plus series that are uh, out. The WandaVision ran for, I think it was nine, 10 weeks uh, where WandaVision ran starting back in February. And now currently the Falcon and Winter Soldier is running. And tonight at 3 a.m. is going to be the season finale of that. Really? And I, right. I, al- I always stay up until 3 a.m. to watch it right when it comes out. So, uh, you know, I, I don't get much sleep, obviously, on Thursdays going into Fridays. And my Friday work day is kind of tough because of, I'm running on fumes. But. I can't wait. I'm so excited to watch this final episode tonight. It's going to be a blast. So I'm not, uh, I have Disney plus, which it just been, <laughs> I tell you, it's just been wasting in, in collecting dust. Cause uh, I don't really watch too many things on Disney plus. As a matter of fact, like I have my, my, my younger brother and my younger uh, cousins, you know, they really take advantage of that more than I do. The yeah. only thing I, the only thing I've really watched now is like uh, the mighty duck series which came out maybe two or three, about two, like three weeks ago. Yeah, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Sounds about right. And so I was, first of all, I was kind of skeptical. Like, all right, they're going to try to re, uh, reboot the Mighty Ducks. Hate it already. But then I like, watched like, the first episode and like, all right, I, I said, okay. Matter of fact, even before I decided to watch the first episode, Amelia Estevez was going to come back as Coach um, um, Gordon Bombay. And so like, all right, if, if he's going to be in it, then I'll give it a shot. Yeah. It can't be no <laughs> weird hybrid, you know, you know, you know, it can't be like uh, what was that? It was like that Ghostbuster movie with um uh the the ladies from uh, SNL. Yeah, right. Yeah, it can't be. It can't be like that. Like, which I didn't think that movie was bad. I just think the way they went about it was they, they didn't go about it right. Yeah, I, I, I feel like the Mighty Ducks series went the route of Cobra Kai, where you can't yes. do Karate Kid related stuff without the original Karate Kid characters. Exactly. Yeah, so and so I think that's they kinda, did it right. So that's what, uh, that's what I'm you know, watching right now. Where can they follow you at, Darius? Uh, I can be followed on Twitter, on Instagram, uh, on YouTube and Twitch at the underscore game 836, all those platforms. All right. All right. So you, you do remember when we first started this season, uh, we didn't really have any guests whatsoever. Yeah, we were kind of, you know, we were kind of dry for a little while, but we were holding it down. <laughs> I, would, I wouldn't say dry. <laughs> dry, dry is not. Dry in terms of lack of guests. Yeah, we just like, right. you know, yeah, it was like, yeah, it was like it's me, you, and um, Breaker. Shout out to Breaker. 
And so, but now, like, we're on, like, the tail end of the season here, and, like, we have guests coming left and right, man. Impact. And so, and tonight is no different. Our guest tonight is a family member of the Real Fun DC app. She's a part of the Real Fun DC family. Um, she Her show comes on before, like, at 7 p.m., like, an hour before our show on the Real Fun DC app. Um, she, this person has covered the food and wine scene for over 18 years. She's the host of Industry Night with Nikki Nellis. Please welcome to the show, Nikki Nellis. Hey, guys. Hey, what's going on? Welcome, Nikki. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to uh, be a part of your duo for a little bit. <laughs> and I have to tell you, I totally dug WandaVision. Like, I thought that yes. was... Brilliant. We are Brilliant. we are already best friends, Nikki. I mean, I, but on the other side, Uh-oh. that female Ghostbusters totally spoke to me. So. Yeah, no, again, I, I love that. I like no again. I didn't. I didn't hate the movie because there's a lot of people who were just like very hypercritical of the movie. I just felt like they it should have still it should have stayed in the universe of Ghostbusters, and that's kind of what threw me off. You know, in that mm-hmm. movie, like I didn't like the fact that you know all the the original cast was in the movie, but they weren't playing like their original cast members. That like this irritated me. So how's it going, Nikki? It's going great. Virginia's now like I think it's almost at a hundred percent for indoor dining. Yeah, and, it's getting there. Like sit at a bar, and Maryland is going to follow soon. DC is slower to the punch on this, <laughs> but I'll tell you guys, I have been out, and um, you know people are great. They're really masked up. The restaurants are all complying. And um, there is great food to be had all around the DC metro area. Um, I mean, really, the restaurants have just totally risen the bar, uh, especially during the pandemic. I definitely can't wait to dive deeper into that with you in our next segment, because I myself, have, for a lot of my life here living in the DC metropolitan area, I, I didn't enjoy the scene as much as I have recently. Now, of course, not recently within the last year because we've been stuck in our houses but at least over the last few years as i've been working in dc more i've kind of enjoyed the scene a lot more than i did in my early years so definitely can't wait to dive more into that with you as we go into our next segment i tell you what it's funny you mentioned uh you know just we're we're on the tail end hopefully keep your fingers crossed with the pandemic and so uh and it's almost a, like it's been a, just about a year exactly a year at this point where we like last year we just like didn't know what we we're gonna do it was like everything was closed down like <laughs> you go outside like around this time uh and like the highway's empty it's like a ghost town it was just, it was a really weird time last year and so for us to like get to this point where we can actually talk about you know doing like daytime brunches and like just going out and like you know um going to like restaurants is just it's amazing you know i had a face-to-face meeting with a stranger, you know, like somebody was like, do you want to meet for coffee? And I was like, oh, right, right. Like, I used to meet people for coffee, like for meetings and interviews and stuff like that. Like, that's yeah. what you do. And I was like, right, I guess, yeah. I mean, I guess we can do that now, right? And like, it's, it's such a mind screw. Like you really have to like re, like calibrate yourself to be like, right. That's what I used to do. I can do that again. I can, yes. And I did it. Nothing. It was yeah, great. I, I'm I'm looking forward to that. As a matter of fact, I, I noticed yesterday or this morning actually, I I was running some errands and I saw people like kids waiting at the school bus, waiting for the school bus. I'm like, oh wow, I remember that. Right. School bus, yeah. There, there needs to be like virtual learning, and I couldn't help but think because I couldn't help but think well, I was like, wow, what exactly did I used to eat during um the school day as like for like lunch? 
Mm-hmm. And I couldn't help but like, you know, reminisce, like we have like, at least at my school, um, my high school, it would be like, we have like a ham, we have hamburger and like fries and the hamburger is like some weird processed meat where it's like, I bite into it and like, I might like, like have like pebbles oh. in it. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. I'm like so much older than you and I went to school in New Jersey, but they were serving the same burger. I'm just telling you, it was so weird. It was so weird. Like you bite it, like wait, what is what is this? And like you had to like, take it out, and and it just, it just make no sense. But like regardless of like you know even eating those dry hamburgers, or if you were ever so fortunate to have a small personal pan pizza, like for whatever reason, everything was served with a cold carton of milk, and I couldn't understand that. I, I, I never understood that either. It was it was. I mean. Obviously, they gave you options of whether it was uh, white milk, two percent milk, or or chocolate milk. Uh, sometimes they 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 served orange juice in, in in their cartons too. But yeah, it was always weird to me that milk was the go to drink of choice, no matter what type of meal it was. You know, it's funny because like even with like, did you get to school? Uh, I'm not sure about you, Darius, but did you ever have to get to school and um, get there for like when they serve breakfast? Uh, from time to time. Yeah, so I was, like I was a, I was a late arrival kind of guy a lot. But did you walk to school? <laughs> no, I didn't, I didn't walk to school. I, I throughout elementary school, I was driven I was driven to school because I lived far away from my elementary school. Um, but for middle school and high school, I I, I took a bus. Yeah, and so like if I was ever so lucky, I would never I would never eat breakfast in the morning. And to this day, I'm still very <laughs> poor at eating breakfast but like if i got there early enough they'll have us they would give us like those uh sausage egg and cheese on croissants at my school and so you gotta be there early enough to like, mm. like they'll have like literally maybe six for like <laughs> like you had to be there like at like seven or else you'll miss out on it and so and then of course that would be served with milk or orange juice but yeah during the daytime like for lunch man it was like all right like we have those um bad steak and cheese like thursday was steak and cheese at our school and so it'd be like that weird lunch meat that was <laughs> really dry. And so like, we, like, I mean, like with kids, like, cause I, at that point I never had any type of, um, any type of steak and cheese. I didn't have a real steak and cheese till like college. And like, mm. when I say real steak and cheese, I'm talking like it's Jerry subs and pizza at the time. Like I didn't, <laughs> <laughs> not even talking about like going up to like, you know, Philly and like, you know, and getting, going to like Tony Luke's. Right, uh, you're not talking a gourmet steak and cheese. Yeah, yeah, I'm talking about like the, the saddest, <laughs> saddest Montgomery County public school uh, steak and cheese you can imagine. But again, it was just always served with milk, and I just never understood that. Nikki, did, did you uh, have to go through the same thing with like like served milk for all of your lunch experiences in school? Yeah, I can tell you why. Actually, it's really really interesting. So there was a time, you know, where schools actually didn't serve meals. I mean, this is years ago, uh, and kids would come with their own meals from home. But the, as public education expanded, it was really, really important that there was nutritious foods, especially in kids in socioeconomic areas that did not have access to them, like, you know, kids in rural areas mm-hmm. that they just did not have access and nutrition became a priority but it was kind of a cluster because it was like nutrition is a priority but cheapness is a priority but the only thing they didn't that's why we all had those pebbles in our burgers but milk was a priority now i'm sure there's some like background there that i don't know about that has to do with um like the milk lobby 
and making sure there's milk in mm. schools because, you know, everybody needs to make a buck. But initially it was because of nutrition. But nowadays it has to do with the dairy lobby. Very interesting because I used to, <laughs> because again, like at my school, it was like, all right, if you had like, you know, I guess free lunch or um, reduced lunch, mm-hmm. all right, you know, everybody, everybody be in that line. But like for those who didn't want to have milk, and I guess if they, you know, their parents gave them like some like, you know, pocket change money, you can buy sodas and stuff like that like, in this oh. exclusive line, like um, <laughs> next to, it, it was like the, 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 the line for the privilege over here, is like, like the Titanic is like, all right, oh, oh, the class, y'all, y'all sit right here and uh, us, we have like pebbles in our, you know, hamburgers and like thick and cheese. But yeah, so there, that option was always there for us. But for the most part, most of us just had to drink, have milk and not even water, just like milk. And it just, Made All we milk. had at school was chocolate milk and regular milk. Yeah. There was no water unless you went to the water fountain. I mean, water wasn't even like a thing. Like there was no wow. bottled water. Like that wasn't happening. And we had, you know, pizza day on Fridays and um, and fish on Fridays for religious reasons, I guess. And then um, uh, and then it was uh, that's it. Where you brought your own. Do you know what wow. I mean? But yeah, uh, those burgers. I mean, we. There was like in high school you could get those burgers, and I will never forget. Like I almost cracked a tooth on those stupid. Oh, oh I know no. exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, I'm glad because I was like, I'm not. I can't. We can't be the only people who had those weird. You know, it just I don't know where they came up with that meat because that wasn't meat. I'm not sure what that was. I'm gonna ask my daughter because my daughter goes to uh, Walter Johnson High School. I'm gonna okay. ask her if she has ever had. I mean, she hasn't been in school in a year, but anyway. I will ask. Yeah, yeah. Also, also, because um, I went to Quince Orchard, so. Oh, okay. So very much um, down the road. Mm-hmm. Matter, of fact, <laughs> matter of fact, I remember going to WJ for a, for a track meet, and this is like back in like, I don't know, 2002. And like the tra- the track, the track like had all these potholes in it. And I was just so, we were all so concerned because like, wow, we might actually sprain our our ankle or, you know, tear like our leg up trying to run this track. I, I think since then they, they, they revamped um the, um, the track over there but yeah mm-hmm. yeah you know but oh uh, yeah I'm, I'm really glad you educated me and everybody else about the whole milk thing so the whole milk deal. yeah mm-hmm. that's that's really a good look yeah, um, good to know. more more with nikki nellis after this all <laughs> right we're back with nikki nellis host of industry night with nikki nellis so nikki uh tell our listeners uh how did you get started with uh first of all what is industry night and like how did you get started Well, so I'll tell you how I got started first because it really leads me to industry night. Um, So about 20 years ago, before there was a blog or really the vast amount of food coverage that there is in the DC food and wine scene today, I just started to start a website called thelistareyouwanted.com. It's an online zine. It's free. It blasts out to over 40,000 people a week. And it lists every food and wine event going on in the DC metro area. It also covers every restaurant that's opening. There's a long list of restaurants that are supposed to open someday soon. And then we have a buzz column, which is where all the promotions are. So things like Mother's Day, packing a picnic, whose rooftops are open, all that kind of stuff. We compile it all there and it's for everybody. So, you know, I started that way before blogs existed. And and my, my method has always been... I just tell, I don't sell. Like, I'm not giving you my opinion. I'm not telling you it's fabulous. I'm just telling you it's happening. It's up to you to draw your own conclusions. And then um, I started writing for other publications because of the website. I started doing a lot of TV. But then I really got into radio. 
And uh, I'm currently on WTOP pretty regularly and have been for the last 16 years. I do trend reports, things like that. And that led me to a radio show called Foodie and the Beast, which is still on air on 1500, uh, WTOP sister station. I do that with my husband. I am the foodie. He is the beast. <laughs> and uh, it's really DC's first food and wine variety show on air. And um, I mean, we've had everybody on that show from Wolfgang Puck to Thomas Keller to like the person around the corner, you know, making jam in their basement. Uh, we do a lot of travel. We do a little bit of fashion. Uh, but uh, overall, we cover the food, wine, and hospitality scene, which then led me to industry night. Oh, and I got to add in social media because you know that time suck. Came in Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at NYCCI, N E L L I S. Um, but then the Line Hotel opened, super sexy, really savvy, has a studio in the middle of the lobby. So that's where Industry Night began. And then the pandemic hit, and um, they just didn't know what to do with that radio station. So I called Tommy McFly at Real Fun DC, and I said, got room for some more content? And he said, you bet I do. So I'm obviously incredibly grateful that I'm able to bring Industry Night, which is a deeper dive, primarily on the hospitality industry, but I do get to do other fun things on the show. Um, so like today I talked, uh, today the Michelin stars dropped in the DC area. So I had uh, one of the judges from Michelin on to talk about the process and what was happening with Michelin and how they're even rating restaurants during a pandemic. I talked to one of the chefs who got two stars, which is very exciting. And, uh, but then I talked to one of the biggest foragers in the city who, or the DC area, who makes like these fabulous vinegars out of ramps. So it's a little bit of everything, um, but I do, I do dive deeper in that show as opposed to what I do on Foodie and the Beast. Yeah, I listened to an episode a couple weeks ago where I believe you had someone on to talk about how the pandemic has changed the, the, the outdoor scene, the backyard scene. Uh, and I thought that was really cool because uh, I have seen that where everybody, you know, during this pandemic has now fancied up their backyards and fancied up their living spaces, uh, out, you know, outside beyond their uh, their back doorstep and their decks. And it's uh, it, 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 that's a good example of how you don't just cover the food scene, but you cover other things beyond it. I thought that was a really good episode. That was. No, I appreciate that. I actually love that episode because there was so much in there. I mean, your outdoor backyard space is now a room, right? Absolutely, yeah. Real, especially during the pandemic, we all had to get outside. But I think there's a real value that's been added. And like, we can all drool and wish and pray that we can have like these fabulous multi-bazillion dollar outdoor kitchens. But the truth is you can make your space livable and enjoyable uh, without putting down a lot of cash. And I, I thought the experts that, that came to the table really, really were insightful. Yeah, she talked about having a, a brick oven a pizza in, in her backyard. Uh, that's like a, a dream of mine. Yes. That'd be amazing to have. <laughs> I know. Some of it was pretty mind-blowing. Yeah. On the last show on Foodie and the Beast, I had Spike Mendelson on. You may remember him Ooh. from Top Chef Days. Yeah. He's now designing kitchens for a builder out in Virginia. So you can have a Spike Mendelson kitchen. And they are... I mean, they're so fabulous. I'm like, oh, I need more money. That looks good. <laughs> Don't we all need more money? <laughs> <laughs>
I remember listening to an episode, um, especially um, early on when we, the whole gang of us got like um, added to the real fun DC community. You, you were talking about uh, helping those who are in need, especially during the pandemic, who kids who didn't have um, there's people, family who's like are in need in the city who like don't have access to um, getting food. Can you elaborate on that a little bit? Absolutely. So, I mean, listen, we're very lucky, right? Like anybody can have a podcast, but you have to know how to use your platform. And, uh, you know, we're all very lucky that we, we have that. And it was so, so, so important to me that when this pandemic hit, that those who did not have access were taken care of. And, you know, we live in, we live in one of the richest cities in the country. Um, I mean, we're one of the richest countries in the world. And yet, we have kids who go to bed every night hungry. Um, and I don't know if you guys remember, but back in the beginning, not like a year ago right now, there was all these news reports, like they were just throwing away food, right? Because they because there was such a disruption in transportation because truckers weren't driving, trains weren't running. So you had all this food and you had no way to get it anywhere. And so this disruption was causing real problems. And Carlos, back to your whole school food thing, there are kids who get their breakfast and lunch every day at school. Yeah. And all of a sudden these kids weren't in school. So, you know, Debbie Shore of Share Our Strength, I mean, she is the queen. They know how to feed kids. Uh, Nate Mook and um, Jose Andre, World Central Kitchen. Again, these are people who know how to get food into the hands of people that need it. Um, you know, the problem is, is that sometimes government gets in the way, right? Sometimes good intentions, but it's just about fleshing it out. But, you know, um, Jose Andre says something that I, I, I really believe in. He says, chefs know how to feed people and he is not wrong. And if we give them the money to feed people in need, they know how to do it. They know how to do it on a budget. They know how to make it good. They know how to make it nutritious and they know how to make it accessible. So, I mean, my hope is, is that from those dire days in the pandemic, the, you know, March, April, May, and June, when things were really bleak, that we're able to take some strands of that and figure out how to apply that today. Yeah. Moving forward. Because there's always going to be kids who are hungry. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I was going to say, so another, another movement that I've, uh, listen to a few of your recent episodes on is uh, you seem to have a connection with the Stop Asian and Pacific Islander hate movement. Um, what's your connection there uh, it, that that has you again promoting that movement to stop this stop this hate against AAPI? Um, so I'll be really honest with you. Um, the DC food and wine community is um, the most charitable chef community in the country. And I'm not saying that because I'm biased. I'm saying it because it's true. And uh, these men and women and non-gender specific people all play in the sandbox together. I chair uh, Chefs for Equality, which is a huge uh, fundraiser that we've done every year, except for the pandemic, that raises funds for the human rights campaign. It believes in LBGTQ quality for everybody. And when I tell you there's not a single chef in this city that does not participate in that, I kid you not. And that is like a baller party. Um, and they love it and it's great. But when it comes to, uh, you know, uh, Bakers Against Racism, which was huge this summer, led by uh, Paulo Velez, um, or Chefs uh, Against AAPI Hate. I mean, we're, we're, all in, we're all on board, right? We do not believe 
in racism in any way, shape or form affecting our community. And we're all gonna speak out about it. And this past year has shown all of us, and I'm sure the two of you can speak to it way better than I can about how we all have to stand up, right? It means giving platforms to others that don't have it. And it also means educating people. And that education sometimes is uncomfortable, right? You know, if you don't know, now you know. And so to me, what um, I was at Danny uh, Lee's event last night at Anjou, uh, Embrace Race is this amazing, amazing charity. Uh, it's not specific to um, the uh, anti-Asian uh, um, issues. It's about all racism issues and it's all about educating children. It's starting them when they're young. Because let's be honest, most people learn to dislike somebody else because of what they hear at home. Yeah. So if they're hearing something really, really different through this curriculum, we have chances to plant seeds that can grow. Um, so that's why I'm a big supporter. Um, nobody has to ask me twice to participate in those kinds of things. And when it comes to our uh, chef community and our bartender community, they do so much for everybody that if they call asking, I don't even ask, I, I don't ask any questions. I'm like, absolutely, count yeah. me in. Yeah. Well, let's talk some more about your profession. Uh, the, I, this is something I came across during the pandemic. Uh, delivery only places, delivery only kitchens. Mm -hmm. how, how common are those? I, I, one that I recently learned about was uh, Guy Fieri has a place around here. I believe it's the Flavor Town Kitchen. And, and <laughs> funny, I know. But I, I, I was wondering if it was a place that you can actually go to and sit down and hang out. Obviously, because of the pandemic, it's not. But it, whenever you look it up, it's delivery only. All their locations are delivery only. Is that common? Are there a lot of those kind of delivery only kitchens in this DC metropolitan area? So let me explain how this went down and I'll keep it brief. So pre-pandemic, there was something called ghost kitchens, right? And what that was is you could go on uh, one of your third party, you know, Uber Eats, blah, 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 whatever, and say, I want pizza. And blah, blah, blah. All these pizza places would pop up. Now, some of these pizza places you may have never heard of, but they got good reviews, so you ordered it. That was a ghost kitchen. It wasn't a real pizza place. It was a commissary. Probably what was being made there was pizza, Thai food, tacos, you know, what hamburgers, what French fries, whatever. But they gave all the restaurants different names. So that's what a ghost kitchen was, okay? Then we get to this pandemic. So first of all, you got all these restaurants that are like, uh words I can't say, um, you know, what are we going to do? So some of them turn around right away. Some were really, they got it. They were like, I'm going to change my food. I'm going to change my cuisine. I got to get boxes. Everything's going to be to go. So that was part of it. Right. Um, but then others were like, I can't do this, my food in a box. So I got to change it. So that's where some of these new pop-ups and ghost kitchens came from. The concept was that they would create a new menu in order to get their food out. Now, Guy Fieri's thing is a ghost kitchen, okay? That's what's happening there. It's a legit ghost kitchen. You're not gonna be able to sit down and I would be very surprised if there's a brick and mortar anywhere. Um, it's very big right now during the pandemic. I think you'll still see some of it afterwards, but I don't know what you're going to see. I can't tell you what a year from now it's gonna look like. I don't know how real it's going to be, but I think what you will see in a year is that because people now are so used to doing takeaway, 
third-party deliveries, I think you'll see restaurants doing kind of ghost kitchens in that their food will be available in more places. So let's say like, let's say All Purpose, which is a you know great pizza place downtown. They have two locations. Well, let's say Mikey Friedman's like, yeah, but I want my pizzas available in more places, but I don't want brick and mortars. So he could open up ghost kitchens, so to speak, maybe in uh, restaurants that aren't happening at certain times, maybe in places that aren't utilizing their kitchens all the time. And he can now be available in other places because the biggest problem with third-party delivery is their radius. They only travel so far. So I can't get it where I live. But if he moves up a mile or two, I can, right? So that's how it, that's what a ghost kitchen was. That's where it is right now. Um, I think it'll be interesting to see what's in the future. But I'm, I'm almost 100% positive that Guy Fieri's thing is completely ghost. Mm -hmm. And I mean, he got, that guy... That guy got a lot of, um, he got a lot of flack from when that restaurant opened in um, New York and not good flack. Like he got a lot of, it, yeah. it, it did not go well for him. Yeah. Uh, but now he's done so much for the hospitality community during COVID. Uh, he's been, he's been amazing. So he's, he's buffed up his image a little bit. Um, so one thing that I wanted to ask you before we, uh, for you wrap up this segment, it was actually what sparked you getting coming on the show was a tweet I saw <laughs> uh, on good old Twitter. Uh, it was a question about DC in Baltimore. And for those who don't know, DC in Baltimore is like a, I mean it's an hour away, but like it's in the it's in the world of the DMV, quote unquote, depending on who you ask, you know. Uh, but the, the tweet I saw was Baltimore is a food city, DC is not. DC is known for brunches and happy hours. And what I wanted to know is, do you believe that? Is, or is this person completely off base? So I went down the rabbit hole on that because I, yeah. I mean, you know, my initial response was, I mean, can't we all just get along? I was like, why are we fighting once again? Why would we fight? Like, that's so ridiculous. Like DC has this amazing food culture. So does Baltimore. But as I went down the rabbit hole, I think the thought process is, is that Baltimore has sort of a, a lifestyle that speaks to Baltimore, right? Like, and there, there's food and restaurants and a style there that speaks specifically to Baltimore. And, and that is true. DC is a melting pot of cultures and cuisines from all around the world uh, because of who lives here, right? I mean, politics is, you know, the size of a dime to me as far as the culture of DC, but the diplomats and their families and the people from all over the world, that's what makes this community so rich. So, I mean, what I say to Baltimore is, is that you have your thing and we have ours. Yeah, our brunches are fabulous. I'm not gonna take that away from you. And yes, um, there is a happy hour scene, but where isn't there a happy hour scene? Um, but when it comes to food in DC, I mean, you'd be hard pressed to go anywhere in this country and find as many Ethiopian restaurants, right? right. Georgian restaurants. Um, there's Algerian cuisine. I mean, there's all these different culture, Persian cuisine, a fabulous new Persian restaurant just opened up downtown. I mean, there's so much to try here that you can't try anywhere else. And not that hole in the wall restaurants aren't great, but there is elevated cuisine here, which I think is really, really important. I mean, also Lake Ocean, Burmese. I mean, look at all the Cambodian. There's all these different Asian varieties here, Middle Eastern cuisines that are here. So my, my comment back to them is, is that we may not have our, like 
Yes, we have um, Ben's, obviously, which is supposed to be, you know, DC's Stable, yeah. icon. Yeah. But like, <clears throat> that's our steak and cheese. Okay, but we're we're so flush with so much more. And by the way, Baltimore, we have Michelin and you don't. So I don't even know where you're going. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you want to throw a gauntlet, that's my response. My Boom. Response. Take that, Baltimore. Yeah. <laughs> you do not have Michelin. We do. No, sorry. Hey, Darius, so I watched flipping through the channels the other day and I saw Exit Wounds on. And obviously Exit Wounds is on because like the, the untimely passing of DMX. And so I couldn't help but like think to myself, who's been the best, who's been the most successful rapper turned actor? Ooh. You'd be amazed how many like rappers have turned actors and like been like really successful. Um, I, can t- I can tell you right now, uh, and this is gonna come off as shade, but you know how I operate here. It's not Jaru. Ja, it's oh. not Jaru. It's oh. not Jaru. Ja had one opportunity. He had the opportunity in Fast and Furious that he let Vin Diesel tell him, well, you know, in Too Fast, Too Furious, man, no, I, I'm not going to be in that movie. So now you just stay away from it. And gave it to Ludacris. And now Ludacris is in like Fast 12. <laughs> so, Get it right. Get it right. It's, it's on the ninth movie now. Okay. Get well, it right. they, I, think, I think they got a deal for like at least 12. 12. They're they going for 12, you know. And so, but he's. <laughs> Has, when the last time Ja Rule's been in a movie? I, and, I, don't exactly. even, I don't even know if I want to know when the last time he was in a movie. <laughs> the last time Ja, ja Rule was in a movie, he was in that the uh, the Fire Festival uh, documentary. <laughs> and that's that's the part of the most entertaining entertaining I've been with Ja Rule in a long time, you know. Shout out to Ja. <laughs> <laughs> but I couldn't help but think like of like different actors who've um Who's been like who's crossed over and it's been really successful. Like Ice T comes to mind like almost immediately. Oh, yeah, definitely. Ice T, geez, Ice T, who we're gonna talk about some you know intimidating rappers. We talk about DMX being intimidating. Ice T was very intimidating during back in his heyday, you know. But the first the first movie I've ever seen him in was um uh, New Jack City. Mm-hmm. I had, I went, at that point, by the way, I was very young, so I wasn't listening to like you know rap or whatever, but. I didn't even realize he was like a rapper until like later on. And and then, I mean, he's been in one of the most successful TV series of all time. And uh, as far as law and order. So that that's another one where, I mean, when you're, when you're on law and order, if that's not established actor, I don't know what is. <laughs> and it's so funny because Ice-T was very anti-cops because he has a very controversial song that came out back in the day um, about police. And he turned out to be <laughs> a detective is one of the craziest things I've ever seen. Is like, and like he is, you know, he's like, you know, he's still on the show. Of, um, what was that Law and Order SVU? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's really good. You know, it's like Law, talk about a show that's been going on for like ever. I think they're on like season what thirty. It feels Something that way. Like that. It, it feels, feels that way. way. You know, <laughs> uh, so Ice T, of course, Ice Cube. Yeah, he's. Ice- uh, not only the Friday series, but other uh, other movies along the way with Ice Cube. There's been a lot like, of. I feel like he was. Um, I think the first time I seen Ice Cube was in the movie Higher Learning. The Ooh. John. Um, that's the, I think that's a John Singleton movie. I forgot about that. Yeah, when he was doing in college, you know, it, it's him, Tyra Banks, a very young Tyra Banks, and a very <laughs> young Omar Epps, <laughs> and Michael Rappaport. <laughs> the, the always. Con- <laughs> The, the irritant, Michael Ravenport. So, it's a good way to put it. The irritant. The irritant. Yes, the irritant. Nikki, he's 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 an irritant. 
he's he's an irritant, you know. He's always getting himself in, you know, getting himself in like Twitter beef with athletes, and you know, again, he's an irritant. Um, well, you already mentioned Ludacris because uh, obviously he took over. <laughs> he took over that role in Fast and Furious. Uh, how about how about uh, see this? Is, it might be the other way around because I feel like he's was acting before he started rapping. But Donald Glover is another one. That's actually yeah. I I did not think about yeah. that. That's a very that's a good one. Strong, that's a strong one. Yeah, yeah. He's uh he's he's definitely and and he's even going to have further roles. I think we talked about this a few episodes ago, um, where Donald Glover signed a uh, a eight figure deal, uh, to to produce and act in various series coming up. Uh, I forget yes. what is that on quadruple threat i mean yeah yeah i mean he's a superstar absolute superstar he's a writer he's a director he's a producer he's a rapper like he's just he's brilliant yeah like, absolutely he's yeah he surprised the heck out of me um <laughs> uh, because i like i knew who donald glover well i knew okay i didn't watch um the show community i didn't like shame I, on you i didn't watch that like uh, i'm not it, it's just like how i didn't watch the office but now <laughs> like the last year and a half I was watching episodes of Office because my, my coworker was like, Carlos, you got to watch The Office. Like, I don't have to watch anything. Please, what are you talking about? Once I started watching it, I was like, all right, I get it. And unfortunately, they took it off Netflix and it's now like on, on Peacock because it's an NBC product. And it's like, I was like up to like season five or season six. And I was like, oh, I didn't get the, to the end of it. Yeah. Uh, Cause I'm not, I'm not, I'm not paying for Peacock. I'm sorry. I'm not going to do that. But Donald Glover, well, I knew, at that point I knew who he was, but like, when he came on the show with like Atlanta and like I didn't realize he was from Atlanta neither because like you know his music is not the um his 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 music is not really what you would think of Atlanta rappers are to this point. Mm-hmm. Like he's not he's not really a trap uh, a trap rapper, a trap artist. And so um I was like really surprised and Atlanta is was like it's probably one of the best shows on FX. Yeah. You know I, so, now I know Nikki has a I know Nikki has a couple, but here's a slept on one. Common. Oh. Common's been been he, out he, there as an actor. Yeah, he had he has a sad card. So you know, <laughs> he 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 made sure he let people know. I Common's okay. I feel like he's very one dimensional. Hmm. I totally disagree with you, and it probably has nothing to do with the fact that he is so handsome. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I think he's really talented. And really handsome, and I would watch him <laughs> anything he is. I would listen to anything he does. I think he's amazing. So, <laughs> but I did. I can't believe I didn't think of comic. Yeah. What are the ones that you that you that you think of, Nikki? Well, so of course I go with the women first. First one is Queen Latifah. I mean, Ooh, yep. Uh. About a career. I I I, I mean, I was, I've been singing "Ladies First in my head the entire time because I just love that song. But I mean, here's a woman, I, I mean, I would love to interview her and be like, okay, 30 years ago, Ladies First hits the airwaves. Like, did you see yourself starring in the Equalizer, you know, on NBC or whatever show, you know, whatever channel that's on now? Like, she's a boss and I, I'm just, I love her. I think she's amazing. Um, and she has an incredible career arc, just incredible. Absolutely, yes. Um, from, from her music to also like being in Hairspray, the movie Hairspray, where she's just amazing. Um, so I think she's the champ. And then, I mean, Will Smith started off as a rapper. Of course. 
it's it's so <laughs> it's so funny because in like our, our pre-show you know show prep i forgot all about will smith it was like and i was ashamed like nikki was like well carlos will smith I'm like oh my gosh how did i forget will smith how can i how can i, how can I forget about big willie style <laughs> yeah. will smith, like i mean i mean listen he started rapping he had fresh prince of bel-air pretty quick but then like he had it figured out but i mean he's like one of the biggest blockbuster actors of oh, yeah. i think he like makes more money than anybody like he kills it you know i, I absolutely whiffed on that i forgot like for what, what what I was thinking, because I have like someone else on this um, list that uh that I haven't mentioned just yet, but I forgot all about Will Smith. And like, yeah, he's I mean, he is the most successful rapper turned actor. Period. Is like yeah, that's the end of the list. I, I was gonna hard to debate that. Yeah, I was gonna say uh, LL Cool J is like he's second tier. He's amazing. Uh, he's like second. He's like if like if just like Will Smith. Queen Latifah, mm-hmm. then LL Cool J. I think in that in that order, you know, Will Smith had you know all the movies. Queen Latifah, you know, Living Single really shot her. You know, you know that really that was really the show that really got her. Like, oh wow, you know. And then LL Cool J, who, to be honest, he's like one of the greatest rappers of all time of all time, and so and he doesn't get enough respect on like his lyrical uh, abilities with like the young folks. But he, he's he's easily top three, uh, greatest rapper of all time, and he's he's been in like you know, doing like movies forever, you know. <laughs> I always think about Deep Blue Sea. <laughs> <You're> like, <laughs> it's like, like look here, is Deep Blue Sea a great movie? No, it's not a great movie, but it has it has some memorable moments, and like you know, that's that's, that's when he started like you know stepping into like the movie say like i mean the first time i ever seen him in a movie was um that golden hall movie uh wildcats where she's uh the football uh, she's a football coach for the high school in uh, chicago it's like goldie hahn uh, woody harrison and um uh, wesley snipes mm. yeah and so it's like and that's actually that movie aged pretty well it's a pretty good football movie there's not that many good football movies out there and that's a good one so, one other one i wanted to bring up and this is this is it's just kind of projection you you wonder if uh based off of the way his career was going before his uh sudden passing in 1996 or um yeah 1996 but tupac uh you you would think that he would kind of be on a similar arc too where he would have been pretty successful as a as an actor um going forward janet jackson uh yeah poetic justice and uh, he had a, yeah mm-hmm. poetic he had justice a few. He had a few others um uh after that as well i, I think he would have that yeah. i think oh before excuse me before that yeah i think he would have been on a on a career arc upwards too as, as an actor um yeah. but unfortunately of course we'll never know yeah he he um i, I can't think of the movie juice there we go juice. There, yeah yeah, yeah. Yep. and i'm nicky have you ever seen juice I haven't. I'm gonna put it on my list. If, I'm if, just gonna put that Goldie Hawn movie on my list, but I think I'll put this one on my list. Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. The Goldie Hawn movie, like you know, you have like HBO Max. It's like it's right there on HBO Max. It's an easy movie to sit back and chill and like you know, you know, watch. It's not. It's not. It's, I'm not saying it's an Oscar-winning movie, but like it's a good. You know, it, it, it serves its purpose. But the like, Juice, um, Juice is a movie where it's like you really. It's like it's basically two movies in one, because. The first movie, the first part of the movie is like, you know, the, these guys hanging out and like, there's, a, a, there's something that happens in that movie that like, turn, change the tone. Mm-hmm. And 
it, it kind of low key turns into like almost like a horror movie. In the sense, it's not a horror movie, but it because of what happens in that movie, the second half of that movie is vastly different, mm-hmm. and like the tone is different, absolutely different. And like um, Tupac's character is extremely different at the second part of the movie, second half of the movie. So yeah, you know, yeah, Tupac is uh, you know that um, in the other movie, um, the basketball movie he was in with um, oh god. Uh... Above, oh, the rim, yeah, above the rim, yeah. above the rim, above the rim, above the rim is another movie. So like, and like he was during during that period in his life because he was gosh, like he was young too when he, he died. He was like what twenty like twenty three, maybe like if Biggie if Biggie if Biggie Small was twenty four, he he couldn't have been any uh, any young older than like twenty four twenty five. And like when you think about it now, it's like geez, how young those guys were. Uh, it would have been very interesting to see how his his roles would have changed. Cause he was very much well playing one type of character, you know, based off his music. But like his last movie is um with James um, with James Belushi. Is is it James Belushi or Jim? Belushi? Which one? Which one passed away? Belushi. Jim Belushi was already dead. Was okay, J- so James Belushi. Um, that that movie is uh oh, gosh, he's a he plays a cop in that movie. Uh, gang related. Yeah, thank you, thank you. It's called Gang Related, oh. and and I remember when he had just he had just died, and yeah. it's like it's like. Uh, James Belushi and Tupac Shakur in his final movie. It, they really hammered in his final movie. It was like, you know, I didn't, I didn't. This is a star studded movie. Yeah, had Dennis Quaid in it, had James Earl Jones. Yes, yes, yeah. It's, it's, Gary it's, Cole. My goodness, what a star studded movie that was. You know, um, <laughs> if you can, that, that movie's not, it's not very easily easy to find, but if you can find that movie, it's worth uh, checking out. Um, I would, I would say, I check out Juice before I check out um, mm-hmm. uh, Gang Related, but yeah. Quick, quick, uh, quick curveball. Would you consider Mark Wahlberg, aka Marky Mark in the Funky Bunch? Would you consider him? <laughs> would he be on his list? I'm, I'm just just throwing a cur- just throwing a curveball in I'm there. I'm not gonna answer that. So my response is, if we're just saying rappers, then you kind of have to say yes, but I don't go to him. Right, yeah. I, don't, I don't think of him as an as as a rapper, even though you're right, he did rap, but it wasn't like hardcore rap. It was more dance rap. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like what was that? That's nineties. Nineties dance. Factory. Yeah. I mean, I just did it. Um, my head went to other places. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, Nikki, this is this has been a lot of fun. Absolutely, a lot of yeah, fun. This has been a great evening. I can't tell you guys how appreciative I am for bringing me on your show. This has been great. Uh, let everybody know where they can follow you, and you know all the places they can like hear you. Absolutely. Okay, so first of all, I've got big blonde curly hair. So you any time you see me you can follow me around the city um, but i'm at n-y-c-c-i-n-e-l-l-i-s instagram facebook and twitter um i do post a lot on insta story about where i'm eating what i'm doing sometimes what i'm wearing you can check me out here on real fun dc on industry night at 7 p.m on tuesday nights and on foodie and the beast every sunday at 11 a.m that's on 1500 and i post all those links on all my social media channels as well all right Darius, 
Uh, I can be followed at the, <laughs> I don't, how do I follow that up, right? I, I'm not sure. <laughs> all right, all right. It's like, all right, guys, good night. <laughs> but I can be followed at the underscore game 836 on Twitter, on Instagram, on YouTube, and Twitch as well. You can follow my personal page at that brother Los on IG and Twitter. You can email us at yes, another podcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on social media on Twitter at yes, another pod and on IG. Yes. Another podcast and make sure to download the real fun DC app where you can hear great shows like industry night with Nikki Nellis and yes. Another podcast. She comes on at 7 PM. We come on at 8 PM, you know, and if you can't hear us live on the, on air you can always go to the on demand section where we have all our shows right there for your disposal and if you happen to be on apple Podcasts, please leave us a review i would look forward to reading some of these reviews so please leave a review we're begging you please i mean we got like five reviews come on we, we've been doing it we're close to 100 episodes you said we weren't begging last week now we're begging yeah yeah, yeah you know, you know, I, I didn't want to beg but like look <laughs> like you know we hey, look at we love feedback we love we love to get some more reviews up there on so please choose them with me. So from you know, from me, Carlos, Darius, and Nikki. Until next time, we're out.